When I talk to property investors, they often tell me using debt is a key advantage over other asset classes. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rask Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Welcome to this episode of Money and Chill on the Australian Finance Podcast. As always, joined by Kate. How are you going? I'm doing well, Owen. We came back. We came back. We're here. Money and Chill 2024 style. And of course, we're joined behind the, or in front of the camera this time by weird. Monique Pizzica. How are you going? I'm great. That's good. Normally, Monique's uh, behind the camera. She's yeah. in front of it now. So, it's a yeah. bit of a change up Once for you. in a lifetime. Except it happens about every month, every four to six weeks. So, but once in a lifetime, if this is your first time hearing it. Well, Uh, many of you may be listening to Money and Chill for the first time because you joined us for our summer series this year that was running throughout January. So, if you haven't Mm -hmm, gone and mm -hmm. listened to that, there is topics covering career, ETF investing. There's a bit of everything for you if you've just had a break from podcasts over the summer. Mm-hmm. And um, lots of the money and chills that go back in time cover different topics. They might cover some savings lessons or hacks, which is typically what's included in every episode. But sometimes it's a bit of a theme. Like one time we talked about saving money, money on your energy bill uh, and how easy that was. Uh, we've talked about how to get started investing, these types of things over time. But these are pretty much uh, once a month, a bit more casual. Uh, for anyone that's new to these, a bit more relaxed, a bit more... Uh, Chatting money with your friends. Yeah, these types of things. So, if you like these episodes, let us know. On Spotify, there is a feedback box, which we will, and we always do call for feedback on these episodes in particular, because then we use your feedback for next month's episode, if you have some of your own things to share with us. Uh, And if you're on Apple, well, too bad uh, you don't have a feedback box, but you can get in contact with us via the link in your podcast player that says, ask a question. And that allows you not just to ask a question, but also just to say g'day, submit your feedback, give us episode ideas or guest suggestions, which is something that we love too. Don't worry, I, I listen on Apple as well. So I'm one of those as well. I'm converted. I'm Spotify all the way now. Really? Spotify. Yeah. Always been, always will be. Oh, get out of here. You know why? It's spoken um, like a f- true former Android. <laughs> <laughs> you can have music and podcasts lined up in your queue so it alternates. And it's it does have audio books now, free credit. Yeah. Yeah. 15 yeah, hours cool. a month on yeah, Spotify. I've never listened to Brilliant. audio books before this, that has happened. So I'm Thank liking you, it. Spotify. Yeah. Thank Monique you. loves a bargain. Yeah. I love a bargain. Yeah. That's oh, good. Good. Good for you. And uh, it's not long enough to listen to poor Charlie's Almanac, I don't think, as far as I know. Away. That was quite a long book that I listened to over summer. Kate, what? how did you want to get started? Rather than jump straight into my wonderful book recommendations, <laughs> which there aren't many of them, what do you want to talk about? What I wanted to talk about today, since we're kicking off the year, and even though it's near the end of 
Feb, and maybe mm-hmm. we're one sixth through the year already, which is terrifying to say out loud. I thought we could oh, talk okay. about what we want to learn or improve with our financial life this year because there's so much emphasis on putting your financial goals in place in January. And mm-hmm. to be fair, we did some goal setting episodes in January as well. But I really want to sort of stress that it's never too late. You can start setting financial goals or targets or things you want to work on at any time. And so if the end of February is when it is for you, then that is fantastic. Like I always wanted to rank higher than Hamish and Andy in this podcast uh, charts. And this week we did. Yep. The Australian Finance Podcast, just in Spotify, Business, no, <laughs> just just in Spotify. Why is Hamish Did, and Andy in the business charts? <laughs> no, no, they weren't. It was in the overall charts for okay. podcasts in Australia. The Australian Finance Podcast ranked higher. The only true business category podcast ahead of us was the wonderful She's on the Money with Victoria and Jess and the team over there. So, yeah, there's a little goal. Tick that Pretty off. Cool. All of one day, maybe, maybe two yeah. days ahead <laughs> of the great- Did they release any episodes in January? Probably didn't release <laughs> one episode for the past year, but there we go. It still counts. Finance. Knew it was going mainstream. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, so first question. Yeah, so what do you want to learn this year or work on when it comes to your finances, Owen? Oh. Monique, where, who do we want to start with? Do you want me to go first, Monique, or? I'll go first. Okay, <laughs> go, go, go. Yep, yep. No, okay, so like, well, I guess this year I've um, kind of changed my extracurricular activities from like DIY and crafts. Um, why to, is that? Why did you, well, why did, is didn't this you a, get a sports-related injury? I have a crochet injury. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, go. Tell us So more. I think I need to take at least six months to a year off crocheting. It's actually pretty serious. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. My, my hand, it's like full on. I need to wear like a compression glove at home. You could like a carpal tunnel or something. Yeah, it's similar to that situation. It's fun wow. times. Yeah. Did the doctor diagnose you as crochet injury. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. I'm serious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it's a thing. Heaps mm, of crochet injuries. Yeah. Don't try this at yeah. home. You went pretty hard last I went year. You were making hard. us all blankets. I went pretty hard since COVID, so it's been like a good four years of constant mm. crochet. So yeah. The, yeah. We normally try and protect people from scams and those types of things on the podcast, yeah. but we have introduced potentially a very hazardous yeah. occupation Who for them by inviting you on the show and saying, hey, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> yeah, you exactly. pot- potentially put everyone's hands at risk. I mean- who would have thought? <laughs> yes. Just no. such an innocent task. <laughs> so crochet in moderation, yeah. anyone listening. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I can't do that anymore. So I'm getting more into the sports and it's been quite a few years since I've gotten into the sports. So I discovered that there's a free tennis courts around most like city councils, whatever. So there's a free tennis court near my place and I've been going there twice a week or once a week. And like instead of paying for like a gym membership or whatever, that's like the most exercise I've done in four yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> but you are into Pilates as well now. Pilates, that's also a recent thing. So I've just like put all my crochet hmm. energy into being more active and I feel like that's been a good thing. Do you like the social element too? Definitely not. Nah. The Pilates class I go to is not social, which uh, I enjoy. And tennis is a one-man one, one mad sport, so also I enjoy. But there are, like, free basketball courts and stuff. So you are, if you are more of a social person, yeah. then I'd suggest maybe doing a basketball-type Yeah, activity. I know, like, around South Yarra and St Kilda and that, the basketball scene, the, the public basketball scene is pretty big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really cool. And that's when you can get a few friends together and be more social and hang out and stuff. I know a lot of people that want to make new friends in their area have joined social sports and that's mm. been a really great way to meet people. So yeah, if definitely. you do want to meet if people. If I do, then I can always go that that way. But yeah. for now, I'm, I'm happy being one man sport, yeah. Is there etiquette around <laughs> like you're only allowed on the courts for so long or someone well, else rocks like, up, you respect that? Yeah, funny you say that because I've been kind of – sussing this out and the first couple of times I was there I didn't get a chance to go on the court and I was waiting for like 40 minutes and I'm like surely there's some kind of etiquette around this but then the second and third time I was going I saw people actually like going up to the people and asking like hey when are you done are you done like what time are you going to wrap up or whatever and so been doing that since then and that seems to work and then the people who are playing on the court get kind of the message that, yeah, it's time to wrap up soon. Yeah, it's got to sh- your share yeah. It's like when you go to the pub and you put your $1 or $2 coin down for snooker or pool. Do you guys not know that? I've never no. done it, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so if you put your coins down, so when someone's playing pool, you put the coin, the gold coin down. Mm. Typically, that's a sign that it's there's someone else that's waiting to play the next game. Mm. So then who's ever on there now then has to either put down more coins to like say that they're going to keep playing yeah. or if yours is there, you get a shot. And it's just a way to kind of 
Push them along. People. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that still applies. Maybe people just go along and steal the money nowadays, yeah. <laughs> but um, cost of living and all that, you know like, what, what I'm saying? What is this gold thing on the, <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. table? Yeah. Well, but one of my friends has joined a really low-cost club where it's, I think it's like 70 bucks a year and for an evening membership so they can play any time after 6 p.m. And then I think they just pay a little bit extra for the lights at uh, night time. Okay, that's um, cool. But then they can book it and they know they've got yeah. that hour slot. So yeah. I guess if you want a bit of certainty, you yeah. can yeah, do exactly. something like that. Yeah. yeah, cool. Cool. What about you, Kate? What's one thing you want to learn or improve on with your personal finances? Wow. The thing that I've been talking about for a while that I've finally taken action on is lowering my cost of food because <laughs> yes. it got a bit out of control. I see I wasn't even looking really. Yeah. So this year, what I've done, and it's been three weeks in a row that I've successfully done this, is plan out the meals for the week. And then turn that into a shopping list and then go to the supermarket and making sure I've thought about which days I'm working in the city, which days I'm out for dinner so I'm not wasting anything because I'm trying to reduce Mm. wasted leftovers as well so I can plan out what I need and hopefully, so far, mostly avoid the top-up shop, which is because it's an IGA, the one that's closest to me walking distance. It's been an easy way to rack up the grocery bill because, oh, I'll just grab four things from the IGA and suddenly $30, $40 yeah, later. $13 of cheese later. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, every, IGA. Everything's sort of, it's, it's very helpful and it's good to have that part of the community, but it, in terms of cost of living, yeah. one has to be a little bit more mindful these days. So um, that's working really well and just making sure, making some lunches as an extra meal. So sandwiches, not every day. And so far it's looking like I have I am achieving it, reducing my grocery bills. a little bills, bit so. of a pause there, Kate. I wonder. <laughs> Work in progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was still going to the farmer's market, so I'm not sure. <laughs> did pay $17 for a pumpkin. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> That's all pumpkin. Really? Like a Halloween one? Yes. And I think that was my mistake. It didn't taste very good at oh. all. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, you should buy ones that are grey or striped on the outside. Yeah, I well. bought a bright orange on the outside. Oh, like a oh. proper Halloween uh, one. It was very flowery in oh. taste. It didn't go all Gross. gooey and roasted. Gross. Sad. So don't Meal pay prep. $17 for Meal a pumpkin. Prep. Meal planning as well. Yes, planning. Yeah. I'm not prepping too much. Okay. I'm not making five meals on the weekends, but planning and going to the supermarket with a planned list has been helpful. But I'm thinking I'll try click and collect next week because it's quite a journey. Mm. Well, buying tried- a week of groceries at one time. Woolies and all that tried to get people back into the stores as quickly as possible after COVID so people would have that, oh, I may as well just get a cucumber while I'm here. Oh, look, there's Tic Tacs, you know. <laughs> so now that there is the online option, it actually does for a lot of people avoid that kind of exposure, you know, of going in there and just mm-hmm. having a shop yeah. for convenience or having to pick up one or two things and coming out with 10. Yeah, I think Click and Collect's a good way to do that. Um, I'm also trying to clear out a bit of junk. So Gumtree has been getting a workout recently. Yeah, cool. So that's been good. Good way to get rid of things quickly and locally. Yeah, cool. I like that. Do you use like community boards on like Facebook and that sort of stuff or just Gummy? Just Gumtree. That's the OG. I remember using it back in primary school to buy presents for my parents. (laughs) Oh, really? My mum was a bit shocked when she realised I had organised for random men to drop off things at the house that I bought on Gumtree. <laughs> now I, I think it's a bit, maybe that could have been a problem. But uh, at the time, like buying my dad a box set of Futurama secondhand off Gumtree and organising for the person to drop it off at my place no seemed way. great. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, well, drop it off to your parents. That's probably the key thing there, kids. Um, when they were home online. was the yeah, <laughs> so it was a surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah, so. I don't know if that still happens. Yeah. Um, for me... Just, uh, I think I've spoken about this on the Australian Property Podcast last week or the week before. Just probably the big thing for me is scaling back goals, um, big goals, that is. Big, hairy, audacious goals, bug, um, have now become, what do you say? Medium, hairy, audacious goals. Moderate, hairy, audacious goals. So big, hairy, audacious goals is a a bit of a play on the book, Scaling Up, for those of you that have read a business book that you should read if you're in a business. Because you love setting big, hairy, audacious goals. Oh, yeah, a few. If you've got a growth mindset, which I'll come to Climbing Mount Everest. Yeah, if you've got a growth mindset, you can basically achieve anything, to be honest. Unless there's sort of some, like, obvious reason why you can't do something. You know, (laughs) I won't go there. But there are many reasons why you can't do certain things you want to do in life. But, um, yeah, for us, it it was like a farm and these types of things. And what we realized is that probably, you know, if you're trying to start a family and these types of things, it's pretty difficult to... um, 
sometimes get like borrowing capacity or to save up enough money quick enough so that it, you capture you capture kind of like those houses and those properties before they run on you. And so while we have strategies to try and deal with that, I think it just comes back to knowing what's in your circle of control, your circle of influence, uh, and just what's in the world around you that you cannot simply control at all or influence. And uh, for us, yeah, we can't influence what happens to property prices. We can influence how much we save. Probably to an extent. To an extent. We can we can control how much we save, I should say, but we to an extent. And we can influence kind of how we use our equity in our home. Uh, if you listen to that episode, I think it may appear on the Australian Finance Podcast. Um, over on the Australian Property Podcast, uh, it's called Should Owen Use Equity Release to Buy a Farm? That's the, the title episode. It's with Chris Bates, mortgage broker. And basically- Should like, he? Oh, well, yeah, I'm definitely going to release the equity from my, our, our mortgage. Absolutely. So, for those of you that don't know what that means, um, it basically means like, just use round figures, a million dollar property, you've got a $500,000 loan, which means you've got $500,000 of equity in the home. Most banks will re-lend you up to 80%. So, that's in this case, $300,000 that you could take out and you could use that to buy another property. You could use it for a renovation. You could use it to buy... Uh, I don't know, 300 televisions if you wanted to, but it'd be an absolutely horrible idea. Um, or in my case, you could use it to- Surely there'd be rules on what you can use it for. No, because what's effective? what you're effectively doing is redrawing it as cash. So it just goes and sits in a separate account. So you can buy 300 televisions. If you wanted to be crazy enough. like That's what the- So debt recycling- Seems dangerous. Debt recycling is the idea that you- always maximize that 80%, sometimes 90%, sometimes 100%. You always maximize that. So you're constantly doing redraws, like every few months if you want to. But for me, equity release is a slightly different mindset. Mm. It's where you take up to the, the, the limit that you want and then you plan long-term things with your money. Whereas a lot of the debt recycling community are trying to like calculate it to like three decimal places, how much they can get, revaluing their properties and doing all of that. For me, if you took that example and you took $300,000 out, I'd probably... At the moment, I'd probably take that $300,000 and just invest it and I'd work with my accountant to make sure that that amount of money, the $300,000, is kind of separated from my existing portfolio and from my other household cash because what you can do, speak to your accountant, is um, you could use that money to invest, say, in an ETF that pays fully frank dividends, so it's tax effective, but also the interest that would be payable on that component of the loan, the $300,000, is tax deductible provided that your investment is for income-producing activities, which it is because I'm investing in an ETF. So that's all a bit long-winded, but that's basically the, the short story of it. Like, we're going to use that money regardless. It's just a matter of whether... Um, so you're going to get a mini farm, not a big one. Yeah, we'll probably scale back that big goal. I'm not really... I am definitely not planning on having like a property portfolio. I think that's very... I just don't think that's a sensible way to spend and allocate money. I actually think in the next 20 years, it's not a... It might work for some people, but at less, uh, this is money and chill. And in the spirit of being chill, a more chill way to make wealth over your lifetime would be to take that money and just buy, upgrade your primary home and then use any extra money to invest in a share portfolio rather than the old school strategy of like three or four properties. Mm. I mean, there's too many, like you see it in the news every day. It's, there's like, it, yeah, there's, a pr there's pressure coming. Yeah. And, um, while it might work, like property prices might go up, it's going to cost you a lot along the way, a lot of stress too. Yeah. Well, you don't want your finances to stress you out. Yeah. And that was a pretty big money hack for those of you that are listening or watching. But it's not the uh, it's not the only hack we have for you today. So, Kate, what's what's been happening? What do you got? Money hacks, money lessons? Well, Give see, some. I'm not sure if mine is a hack or a lesson yet because oh. I'm trialing a different energy provider. I'm oh. not going to say the name because until I properly try it out, I don't know if it is a good thing or a bad thing, but it offers a variable rate directly from the wholesale price. Oh. So I'm not paying a fixed oh. rate for my energy. So like kilowatts so, and peak and off peak. And yeah. So during the day, the cost is very low. But then during peak oh. hours, when everyone comes home from work, cost is a lot higher, cost is lower during the night. It depends mm. on what the grid's charging, yeah. I think. So this is kind of like when Monique got tangerine for her internet. Uh, <laughs> tangerine is good, okay? <laughs> so a new, new name on the block, new kid on the block. So, yeah, yeah. But the th it was going well until that day a week ago when there was thunderstorms. 
you might know if you're in Victoria. Oh, but good. during the day, it was about 40 degrees, and I get a notification from my app saying, extreme energy price spike, we recommend not using anything. <laughs> and suddenly it was, it was going up to like $20 a kilowatt. Oh, my God. What? It was insane. Anyway, so I turn off the aircon, turn off any unnecessary oh things. And still, I was averaging paying a dollar a day for energy on this app. Yeah. But on this particular day, it cost me $22.50. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And this is, I turned off the aircon as soon as I got that price oh. spike warning. Wow. So, um, and I think some of the power stations were having problems that oh, day. Oh, yeah, they went too, out. Yeah, and yeah. lots of people yeah. lost power. So I didn't yeah, lose power. Didn't they actually yeah. collapse? Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> So like yeah I don't, yeah. yeah I don't know if anyone so, around Victoria would know this but like it was really bad last yeah, week yeah. yeah so so far it's looking like it's more expensive than my fixed price electricity provider that was the best value for me I found wow. using the Compare My Energy government website before so I will I don't know if it's worth trying in February yeah. uh, in March I and, feel like what you're mm-hmm. saying might be a good idea if you had like one of those Tesla power walls yeah you know because the power went out at our place too. And all the neighbors were absolutely decimated. So we were very lucky that only our roof flooded. But um, immediately Tesla sent me an email saying, power outage, try the new power wall. Keep your power live while you're while the, the grid is down. I was like, oh, that's Did pretty good try? marketing. That's like 20 grand or something, isn't it, for like one of those things? Oh, uh, you don't yeah. have one. Yeah, no, but I was thinking like if you're on variable rate power, you could charge a battery during the day. Yeah. And then when it gets expensive at night, turn off the grid. Yeah. Well, considering working and studying from home most of the time, I'm I've been trying to do all the washing machine, dishwasher, mm. all of that stuff in the middle of the day, mm. which was meaning it was quite cheap until this day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how often do those kind of days happen? Do you think if you used it over 12 months it would end up being cheaper than using a standard electricity provider? I don't know, because winter's normally Pretty like yeah, the it's... grid is pretty hectic during winter because everyone's heating their houses, which takes more energy mm. than cooling it down. Yeah. So, so I don't know if anyone's had listings had some experience with a variable rate electricity provider. You may be using the same one as I am. Uh, send us a message because I'd be really interested in hearing your experiences. Cool, I like that. Mm. That's great, Kate. So, um, it's, it's a test. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if it's a hack or a a lesson of what not to do. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, tangerine. Nothing wrong with tangerine, Minnie. I might say. I just have you seen the ads recently? Yes, got the lemons ads on TV. The irony is, you told me the other day that your internet was down, um, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's cool. Who are you with?" And you're like, "Tangerine." I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." And then that night on the TV, I saw a tangerine ad, and it had it was the one with all the lemons <laughs> yeah, in the room, and, yeah. and she was like, "Don't have a lemon for internet when everything else goes down." There's tangerine, and I'm like, "Ha!" <laughs> to be fair, it was the NBN that was the problem NBN, that day, NBN. so it wasn't Easy even beat them. up the NBN. Yep. <laughs> okay, go on. What's uh, what you got a secret for us? Yes. Well, like after hearing Kate speak about energy, I just thought of something else, so I'll add that on. I'll say oh, that geez. first. Yeah, I know I'm full of all the ideas today. Mm-hmm. Um. Like when you sign up to an energy provider or whatever, so I don't have that many subscriptions, meaning like Netflix, Stan, whatever. I pretty much only have one. But I've been trying to source out recently. You um, only have one. What's your one? Stan. It's, Stan it just happened that way. There was something on there that I wanted to watch and oh. I now I've never gotten rid of it. I don't want to interrupt your flow, but Stan of all the streaming services. Yeah, but I make odd. do. I make. I find random stuff in Stan and it's not bad. Some Does that have your Vanderpump Rules show on it? No, Vanderpump Rules, that's 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 a different situation. <laughs> Kim K, though, right? So Kimmy? you do Kim have K, two K. streaming services. Yeah, but I don't I don't really like skimp it off someone else. Ah, anyway. okay. Don't listen. <laughs> Pretend you didn't hear that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I have been wanting or like just seeing if I was to get Netflix or something, what energy provider offers that as like a bonus. So, and I can't think of the one off the top of my head right now, but I did see a couple um, that didn't have bad like energy rates or whatever. And then it was like, if you sign up with us, then you get free Netflix. Ah, yeah, cool, cool, yeah. cool. I can't was remember, it the AGL Netflix plan? Maybe. Yeah, it's coming up when I'm Googling yeah, it. Yeah, okay, I remember must be that. I saw some ads at the train station. Yeah, because I literally oh, thought about this last week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it didn't <laughs> get me to switch. Can't live without Netflix. Join the AGL Netflix yeah. plan. So I might actually do that. And then like I'll have Netflix as well. Hmm. There you go. So more like loyalty in the utility bill. It's kind of like how Optus went into Optus Sport for any fans of the soccer Mm, uh, or other related sports. Um, I don't subscribe to Optus anymore, but I still got my Optus Sport subscription, probably more than the original phone bill. Um, 
because I, I can't live without the EPL. So, um, cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I like it. Like yeah. it. Ooh. I did have another thing. Oh, Egon. It. Actually, I'm, I'm just looking. It's giving me a quote for electricity and gas monthly mm-hmm. with the Netflix plan. Yeah. What, what is it saying? Like, do you, you're on the hook for something big or you, is there uh, something cheap here? Electricity, $111 a month, including Netflix. Yeah. So just electricity, no gas? And gas, 147 a month. I don't know if that's cumulative. Is that both? As we record this live and we try and (laughs) (laughs) search for Kate's new energy bill, um, next month we may have an update that Kate's off her variable plan and has just consolidated into a Netflix-friendly Oh, they're, no, they're including Netflix with ads. Oh, that is not as good. Oh, oh that's yeah. Okay. But you could still watch the show. Yeah, exactly. $6.99, I believe that package is through Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, the ad, ad-enabled one. Also, ad-enabled. I'd rather pay the extra few dollars. I think you we did this. You don't want ads when you're watching a Netflix movie, do you, Monique? Yeah, no. Nah, look, I don't know. I don't I'm have Netflix. Walking. I have no opinion. <laughs> She's a stand. <laughs> Spotify person. Um, okay. Yeah. So what was the other one? I did have another one. So we're on a flight recently and the lady next to us, I noticed she had, you know, those coffee sachets, those Nestle, oh, you could yeah. get like hazelnut latte or something yeah. like that. She had one of those. So then when the, the flight attendant came down, she, she just asked, asked for hot water. hot water. Hot water and two milks, she said. And then she put a sachet of coffee in the hot water and it's like that's so much better than airplane coffee. Am I Am I wrong? Uh, I don't mind the airplane coffee. Really? I hate it. I, I mean, it's not good, but like it's the experience. No, I don't know. No. Okay. No experience. I'll take that back. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty common practice on international haulage because um, people that may have, say, allergies to certain things mm. on the long-haul flights, they can find out in advance maybe what's on the menu mm-hmm. or what's on like the – what do you call that, like mini bar thing? Yeah. Um, and uh, you can say, for example, take your own meagerang noodles on or yeah. your own We've cup of soup. Yeah, before, yeah. And you get your hot water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. I like those. Yeah. That's great. Um, so I've got a quick few. We're going to be doing a travel plans episode coming up. Uh, all three of us have travel plans. So on the Australian Finance Podcast, Kate, Monique, and I will be going through our holidays a bit and how to plan for one financially and also practically. But I am obviously in the thick of that right now. So booking.com has refundable bookings. It costs you a little bit more, but there is a lot of flexibility that comes with booking.com. So the way I think about it is kind of like it's a free insurance policy. Uh, You pay a little bit extra for that versus the one where you're locked in and you get maybe a good rate or whatever. But um, there are often times, if you search, there are incentives for booking.com. For example, if you book through Raise, you can also get the, the incentive reinvested back into your ETFs. Um, or you can just go direct and just search on the internet for uh, like coupons or these types of deals. Cash rewards, Cash those rewards. kind of things. Mm. Yeah. Check it out. Booking.com refundable uh, bookings is really important, particularly if you're going overseas. Not predicting another COVID, but you never know what might get in the way of your plans. Uh, number two is calling your house overnight. We had a bit of a conversation about this recently. How often is your air conditioners or are your air conditioners on? Overnight or during the day? Just generally. If you could give us any sort of estimate of how often you use your air conditioner. Um, maybe just five times on those really hot days in the last month. I'd yeah. probably only put it on above 30 degrees. Okay. Over 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. same. Turn same. it off overnight and open the doors up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Too. Mine's probably... I put mine on overnight maybe three times in a month during summer, during the really hot nights, but that's because I get no breeze in my place. Ah, uh, right, yeah. okay. I would love a breeze. See, I prefer to put my air conditioner on overnight girl. and then have the house cool while I sleep, but also then when I wake up, I turn it off. So it can be off for the coolest part of the day, hopefully, Yeah. and then turn it on again in the afternoon. So it saves yeah. me there. But I was also looking at some numbers on this. Canstar. Uh, link we'll put in the show notes. Uh, how much electricity does your aircon actually use? To cool your house is a lot, 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 lot cheaper than heating it up. So um, I've always held this view that like we one we paid for a better quality air conditioner than we could have uh, because one we wanted to last longer, fewer breakdowns, but also they're so much more energy efficient. The good ones and um, we, don't, we didn't get ducted put into our house. We didn't get um, evaporative, any of that sort of stuff, just split systems mm-hmm. uh, because they're so efficient and because they're so good these days. Mm-hmm. But you can, like, it's we're talking over a full year, a couple hundred bucks for a good, hot, like, 
good big air conditioner. Mm. And for me personally, um, that is well worth the money. Well, well worth it. So I put it on overnight. I use it more often. I don't really have to worry about heating the house up too much because it's so well insulated in winter. It's, uh, it's, not as, it's nowhere near as uh, cool as it is hot. And finally, my third thing for this month is outsourcing. Uh, got, got the lawnmower, got the whippersnipper, got the vacuum cleaner, got all that sort of stuff, but I don't want to spend my time doing it anymore. So we've already got a cleaner, but um, I was saying to the other half of the day that um, I want to once a year have like a proper clean, like a professional cleaning outfit come in and do everything. Deep clean. Deep clean. There's steam the carpet once a year, worth the money, get them to come in and do it. Um, and then also with the lawns and that sort of stuff and the, the garden maintenance, I actually, like, while I don't mind it, I just want my Saturdays a bit more free. And it's willing, I'm willing to pay the money, you know, once or twice a month to have that done. That's a really important thing for me so I can have time to do other things because mm. time is already, I'm already pretty time poor anyway. So it's got to a point where it's like, it's just worth the money just to get someone to do it. And I've always thought, well, if you can do it yourself, you do it yourself. Like I always service my own cars, always service my own motorbikes, all that sort of stuff. I would always do myself, even rent out the bloody house, but um, not anymore. It's got to a point where it's like, no. Nah, you have, to, you have to know when enough's enough and you can spend your time elsewhere. So that would be my lesson from recent times. Nice. So you're you're going to try outsourcing deep cleaning and gardening this year? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And we still have like, we do that, like we get cleaning once a fortnight. So I have that kind of other week where we do vacuuming and stuff like mm. that. Um, but yeah, it's well worth the money. Well worth it. I find it a very humbling experience to clean my toilet every week. <laughs> really connects <Okay>. you. <laughs> Just, okay. Yeah. That's all right. Maybe when you live by yourself, Keeps you can- Keeps you grounded, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. It's it's good. And um, yeah, it's it's still really good to do. Um, and like over Christmas, a lot of cleaners- Shout out to my cleaner, actually. She's wonderful. Uh, she, she sent us a text message last year. And it's so funny. She runs her own business and she's super in demand. She doesn't have any spots available whenever you talk to her about referring friends or family or whatever. But she's like, she sent a text message. I can't remember when it was. And it was like, I'm giving myself a pay rise from this price to this price. Thanks for your understanding or something. I was just like, that's so awesome. She's just been like, I'm upping the price. I'm not going to say that the price is going to, I'm saying I'm giving myself a pay rise. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's so that's cool. Beautiful. I was like, do it. Yeah, own it. That's so good. Yeah. Um, but I just loved how she said it. So shout out to her for doing that. But yeah, it is humbling. It is humbling, Kate. Also, cleaning out the gutters is fun. Yeah. <laughs> do I that before a storm. Do, that before. do it before a storm. That's it. All right, Owen. What's happening in the world of Rusk at the moment? Well, what do we need to know? There's a lot. I won't take too much of everyone's time, but there's a lot behind the scenes. And as people know, most people that, you know, in the Rusk community don't listen to more than one podcast, at least regularly. So you might listen here to the Australian Finance Podcast, but you may not even know that we have three other podcasts, live shows, memberships and many, many other things that we do. So uh, just as a bit of an update behind the curtain, um, we're still pushing ahead with launching our own investment management service. So basically people will be able to come to us as of, well, before the next uh, Money and Chill, people will be able to go to the RAS website and invest directly with us. Um, so you'll be able to invest directly in ETF portfolios. Um, you'll be able to see what it is that we're investing in, why, as well as get reports, updates, free tickets to events, all the courses, basically everything. So you basically, by investing with us, um, you'll have to, I'll have to hold back on what I say because I make sure the PDS is available by then. But um, basically by investing with us, you will be treated to the highest standards that we can possibly treat anyone in our community. So uh, it's called Rask Invest, which for those of you that a few thousand members that have joined us in the past will know, that's a play on words because Rask Invest was the name of our former investment service where you could sign up and get stock recommendations and all that, and it was really successful. Um, so we're bringing that name back, and that's the new name of the, the investment service. So you'll hear more on the podcast once that goes live. And Yeah. And um, for those of you that listen to a few of the other podcasts, um, some of the names, once it all goes live, you'll be familiar with some of the names who are contributing to that. Uh, so that's really that's going to be great. Um, other than that, uh, lots of people, and this is what I was just checking before we hit record, lots of people have decided to take up financial advice through the RAS group so you can connect with a financial planner and get matched. 150 people already. 
or groups, I should say, because there's some couples and families in there. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking to Nicole Haddo for her episode that we released last week on the podcast, and she was talking about how her and her husband actually went and got financial advice together oh, cool. and how important that process was because it really, she was more of the money person mm. in the relationship, but it, the financial advisor really focused on both of them and hearing their perspectives and goals and working on a plan together. So that's kind of like couples just counseling. shouting that out. But yeah. It sounded yeah. like it was a really cool thing to do together. Yeah, absolutely. And we get a what we're seeing recently is a lot of parents and grandparents coming through for financial advice, particularly for things like uh, it's been a bit worrisome actually for me. But um, a lot of people coming through to say that they want to release equity from their house, like we we're talking about earlier on, but they're already in retirement, or they want to release equity from their super fund and give it to their kids to help them buy a house, which is what we're going to see the generational wealth transfer over the next twenty years. Uh, because Sydney's basically become unlivable for most people, particularly with interest rates going up um, the way they have. So for younger people without that nepotism, uh, without the ability to, to get support, it's actually very difficult. But even those that do have that ability, some of the parents are now trying to take that responsibility on, which is also quite scary, to be honest, because they have their own needs that need to be met. Um, so the financial advisors also acting as a kind of gatekeeper, if you will, a kind of support an objective voice in that 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 process which is why you get help anyway but um yeah we've had heaps of people come through mortgage broken as well well over 200 now to come through to blask um we've had i think nearly 800 people have clicked the link that's in your podcast player that takes you to track a portfolio in nevexa um a lot of our members click that same link too because it tracks our portfolios yeah member portfolios in there so for people that diy our portfolios because people might have heard us talk about share site in the past so novex is an alternative you could have a look at yeah yeah so they're both great options it's like to be honest they're both wonderful they're probably the only two options yeah they? i think there are other parties that are trying to work on okay. similar tools at the moment but so they're a way for you to track your portfolio and performance and dividends and things which like is that. so important because a lot of people go through particularly their first three to five years of investing they don't actually know if they're any good at it um and the first three years as we mm. said is an apprenticeship it is hard yeah and we talked about that in the q a last week about how do you know mm. if you are any good at investing in individual shares and a huge part of that is tracking the performance and looking at how your ETF portfolio and your share portfolio have performed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it took me quite a few years to realize like I, in my early days, I was handily outperforming the market and that's because I was doing it as a job as well as discovering how it actually works in practice. And I was under the influence um, of the Molly Fool. Uh, which is a great investing institution. And so uh, I was very fortunate that I picked a lot of companies and owned a lot of companies that did extremely well. Um, and then I did it as a profession. Um, but a lot of people aren't fortunate like that. They they kind of get tips off hot cropper or off the internet. And those things tend to go really badly pretty quickly. And so what you begin to realize by tracking your portfolio is you see which of the, if you use ShareSite and Avexa, both of them do this, you actually put your full portfolio in automated, as you do, Kate, with like the email forwarding or just integration. And you can actually see, if you look back over here, which two or three investments were the worst in terms of they really drew down the entire portfolio and which two or three went really well and lifted up the portfolio. And what you begin to realize is if you actually study that and you take a kind of like unemotional look at it and you just self-reflect, you realize that a lot of those losers probably could have been avoided through certain steps or having a checklist or those types of things. So it's actually a wonderful tool um, to help you invest better and to improve your behavior. Uh, we don't get anything for talking about them, by the way, just to let you know. Um, yeah, the partnership with Nevexa is just because they help build tools for our ETF membership, for our core membership, and we uh, can talk about their business so they can uh, so they can thrive and grow. And I've got a lot of respect for them. Um, but yeah, there's heaps of resources. This probably the, if there's one thing that I want you to take away from this, other than knowing that we're launching Rask Invest, uh, the, the the thing is that every episode has links in the podcast player. We realized recently that some of those were getting cut off by the maybe changes to Apple's criteria, so you can't have as much text in the actual podcast player itself. But there is links in that podcast player to everything that we talk about. Everything. So go and check those out. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Um, I thought we'd quickly include some of our books that we've read over the summer. Oh, yes, books, resources. You go first, Kay. you got the, the best list of us. So I read Morgan Housel's new book, Same As Ever. Yes. Um, I, I think it would be moderate feelings towards it. I think his okay. first book 
Psychology of Money was really, really good and I've recommended and given it to countless people. And I think Same As Ever felt a little bit repetitive to me. As in repetitive in the book itself or repetitive? The book felt repetitive. Okay. But I think that was the point. He was trying to just point out that there are a lot of things that just repeat throughout history and patterns and human emotions. So by the end of the book, you're like, yeah, things are really the same and things in the book felt similar. I don't know if anyone's had a... Yeah, yeah, and that would be a similar takeaway. And it's a similar thing to with Mike Kemp's book, The Ulysses Contract, in that a lot of human nature stayed the same, right? Yeah. Um, A lot of the... Like the, I think that the one that got me was in Mike's book where he said um, a lot of people talk about investing in quote-unquote technology and like things like AI and people are getting swept up about that at the moment. And admittedly, it's probably a massive step change in technology, like it's fair to say. You can go into GPT and you can ask some pretty crazy stuff these days, like create a video mm-hmm. as it was launched last week. But imagine the feeling when the person who traditionally relied on candles or a um, little lantern finally flicked on the switch on the, in the house and turned a light bulb on. Imagine that feeling of going from darkness to light artificially created and then watching that spread throughout the world. And then try telling us that AI is the biggest leap. Like there are so many things, there have been so many things that have happened and the only thing that's been constant that whole time is human behavior, people getting swept up and crashing out. That's, that was my kind of takeaway. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think if you're really interested in behaviour and storytelling, then it'd be a good mm. book for you. But if you're looking for something to learn about investing, I don't think it would be the book for you. You go psychology and money first? Yeah. yeah. I think that teaches you a lot more about yourself. Yeah, same. I Well, yeah. yeah. It's like required reading psychology and money, to be honest. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I think just Morgan's been so hyped up that it was... Probably I'd piped it up in my brain a little bit. It's kind of like the Fifty Shades of Grey movie by the sounds of it. Is it? <laughs> Interesting comparison. Oh, Very right. similar. Um, well, if you've read Same as Ever, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We can share some different opinions in next month's Money and Chill. I also read Nicole Haddo's new book, Couple Goals. That was really good, especially if in relationship, a lot of different things. It's not going to solve your problems, but it'll give you lots of things to think yeah, about. practical and, steps. Yeah, and yeah. ideas and conversation starters. And she actually shares where they had disagreements or when they had challenges with money quite openly. Mm. So that might help go, oh, I'm not the only one having money difficulties. As a journo, she kind of just says it as it is too. Yeah. It's kind of like, this is the problem. Yeah. You know? She's very much like, yeah. And now we wanted to solve the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, listen to her podcast that's come out recently on the finance podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to Amantha, Dr. Amantha Imber's new book, The Health Habit. That's mm-hmm. really good if you want to build more positive habits this year, all research backed. She'll be on the podcast soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, I'm halfway through Emma's new book, from Broke Generation, Good With Money. So there'll be a podcast episode coming out with her soon. And I think that's really good. Lots of experiments and from the psychology side of things. We should have called this Author Month. Yeah. An author, Kate Campbell, (laughs) interviewing other authors. Um, And also Ali Abdul, who I love. He's a productivity and self-development YouTuber and podcaster in former the US, doctor. former doctor. He had his new book, Feel Good Productivity. Mm-hmm. So I'm nearly through that audiobook as well. And I think that's just got a lot of fun, easy, practical activities that if cool. you want to try small experiments with your life this year, you could give that a go. Yeah, like it. What about like you, it. Owen? Uh, probably the three big ones that stood out to me. This, the first one is Poor Charlie's Almanac, which is a wonderful book. For those of you that haven't ever come across a website called mastersinvest.com, it's written by an Australian guy called John Garrett. Uh, this book, uh, this website, Masters Invest, and this is how I'll frame this book. Masters Invest is a website that is built by this professional investor. I think he's based in Sydney or Brisbane. can't remember where he is. Um, and he's appeared on our Australian Investors Podcast and he's basically devoted his life to reading and studying great investing in businesses. Like, honestly, unbelievable amount of books this guy reads. And he documents all of them meticulously, which is what you'll find on mastersinvest.com. But when you go to his great reads page or the top reads, Paul Charlie's Almanac is the very first one. So this is at the top of the top of the top of the list. And so I've, after many years of looking at it, finally went and listened to the audiobook while fishing absolutely wonderful then bought the third edition and you were a bit shocked at this spent spent 160 bucks on amazon because 
uh, the the book is about to come out in a new edition thanks to Stripe, as in the you know the payment system. Yeah. They've got their own publishing business, Stripe Press. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so the only reason I knew about that was because Charlie Munger, who passed away not too long ago, actually. He was interviewed by one of the co-founders of Stripe on the Invest Like the Best podcast, which is a wonderful interview. Yeah. And that's where I found out about the new um, book release. But the original book is basically just a – it's not written by Charlie Munger himself. This is the key thing. So even though it's Charlie Munger's book, it was written by Peter Kaufman. And what he did was he just went to Charlie's office. He got permission to go through all of his notes and got all of his – uh, research notes and his um, what do you call it like speeches from the presentations that he made over his career and put them all together in a book so and then he gave Charlie a chance to reflect on whether he would change anything so there were speeches that he made in like the 1980s and then in 2006 he gave him the chance do you want to add anything to that and he sometimes did and sometimes didn't but regardless it's all in this book and it's chron- mm. uh, chronicled it's absolutely wonderful and I love there are many quotes that I take from it, but this first one is, the world, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I've, I've actually butchered my quote here, but the quote is, um, to get what you want, you must first deserve it. And then he goes on to say, the world is not yet a crazy enough place to reward a whole bunch of undeserving people. So basically, to get what you want, you have to deserve it. And I just love that turn of phrase from Charlie because it just reminds us, there's so many people out there that want to save more, but don't. So many people that want to lose weight but don't. So many people that want to start a business but don't. You have to deserve to get to the point that you want to be at. And that often means hard work, a lot of sacrifice, and that's just the reality of the world that we live in. And um, I think if you want to grow wealthy and retire early, you've got to invest. That's how you deserve it. And if you don't do that, then maybe you don't deserve it and maybe you won't get what you want. And that's the reality. And um, I just love that turn of phrase from Charlie. And I love the book. I think it's probably the best book I've ever, best investing slash business book I've ever come across. Um, Rule Breaker Investing podcast with David Gardner. Uh, Last week's episode was a blast from the past volume eight. And he talks about so many different things. But one thing that stood out was patience. Uh, And finally, the Alchemist book, which I read over summer, one of the easiest reads ever. Um, I think it was voted one of the best books of the 20th century I've never seen 3 million votes on Goodreads, but he has it. Um, It was also named one of the 25 most influential books of all time. And basically, it's a book. It's a tiny little book. Anyone can read it. It's a book about life and just finding yourself amongst all the chaos, basically, is what I'd say. And it was originally translated from Spanish. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, a wonderful book. Paul Charlie's Almanac, Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with David Gardner, and The Alchemist. All recommendations from you. Oh, super highly recommended. The Alchemist book actually came via you, the community. So thank you so much to everyone that sent in your suggestions via Instagram or Twitter. We have about 20 books, as Kate was asking me before. Have I made my way through? Well, these are the first two. So (laughs) I remember you told me you were going to go fishing and read these books as you uh, made your way around the coast. (laughs) (laughs) Then I just got sick and couldn't get through them. You read three, so that's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, the, The author... Uh, Paulo from uh, Alchemist. I've got this little note here. He was a famous lyricist in Brazil, but after the government found some of his words offensive, he ended up jailed and tortured on three separate occasions. He then fled to Europe where he joined a small Catholic sect and rediscovered himself spiritually. He then went on like a missionary to um, Spain, which is how the book kind of starts. Hmm. Yeah, it's not about him, but yeah, that's how the book kind of starts. So yeah, anyway, that's mine. I would highly, highly recommend Poor Charlie's Almanac, but it's not the type of book that you can pick up and be like, I'm just going to have an afternoon reading Poor Charlie's Almanac. Like it is. It's heavy. <laughs> it's it's full on. Yeah. All right. Well, we better wrap this show up, Owen. Yep. Okay. So if you want to find out more about us, there's heaps of links in the show notes. We do have uh, resources there, things for the like the show notes, the links, the books that we mentioned. Uh, check that out. Uh, we do Money and Chill every month. You Send can... us in your hacks and tips and yes. suggestions. So normally we would feature some of your feedback and some of your tips and suggestions, but this is the first episode so of the year. So please send them in, send them in for next month's episode. We'll get back uh, with Monique in front of the camera Woo-hoo. and get some more energy-saving tips that Kate might take up on the fly. Yeah, I feel like mine was an anti-tip. I'm not sure. Well, we've got to leave it a full 30 days. It could be so a lesson, far, though. It could be a lesson, as you said. But maybe, I don't know, do you just keep switching? Can you switch energy every month? 
Is it a thing? I'm sure they won't want to know this. Big energy won't want us to know this. Like, would this be better during certain months? I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like we need to get Effie Zahos on the show. She yeah. might know the answer to this. We need someone I with s- data-driven <laughs> approach, not a... <laughs> we had a I, saw, I saw Effie in Sydney last week, said yeah. she's so lovely. And um, she's... Uh, then I was donating blood this morning, saw her on the screen. I was like, huh, oh, Effie. Lovely. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> um, maybe we'll get her on the show to answer that question for us. Yep. Um, well, this has been heaps of fun, ladies. So thank you for putting it together, Kate, as always. And uh, wonderful... Wonderful top, I might say. I love the the puff on the shoulders. That's great. You've got to be colourful. Got to be colourful. Yeah, it's too short to be dull. Except for me, I'm in grey. Yes, um, and Monique, you too, <laughs> in the the pink as well. You guys making yep. it uh, making it work for money and chill. And everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. We'll be back next one month with money and chill. Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, Monique. Anytime. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.